When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Let's speak to Alex Thomas now, a former CNN sports host, now here in Australia doing some stuff with Fox Sports News. A good man and uh, he's on the line with us on SEN Afternoons. Hello, Alex. Hey, how's it going? Good, mate. Nice to have you with us. Nice to have you talk a bit of tennis. You've covered many a tennis grand slam over the journey and uh, now you get to experience it firsthand as an Aussie, don't you? I do. It's a whole different world for me. Uh, <laughs> a long way from the sort of leafy suburbs of Wimbledon in, in uh, southwest London. So you're taking in the Aussie Open uh, in your new adopted country and you saw Novak Djokovic in action last night. What did you make of it? The, um, the start on a Sunday is a bit different for us, but they had a blockbuster encounter to get things going with Djokovic being tested in the first round. But uh, when he is early on in a tournament, he usually just uh, fires up and gets past it without too much of a worry. He really was tested, wasn't it? And it's interesting to see the way he kind of strode onto court. He's like a sort of champion gladiator in the Rod Labour arena, isn't he? He feels like he owns the place. And, and why not? After, after 10, 10 men's singles titles, no one else can get anywhere near that record. But given an absolute scare, wasn't he, by this 18-year-old uh, Croatian. And just great to see the camaraderie between them at the end. You know, Prismic had only, I think, played in three main ATP draws last year. He's still not full-time on the ATP tour. That's how much of a rookie he is. And when you saw him getting an injury timeout during that first set, you really feared the worst. And Djokovic won the opening set pretty easily. But it was a real battle, even the third and fourth sets that he won. Um, he didn't have it all his own way, having his serve broken as well. Um, and we know... Um, that Prismich has said previously that Djokovic was his idol growing up. Um, forget about the sort of Balkans rivalry, one from Serbia, one from Croatia, clearly modelling his game on the world number one. And if you're going to model your game on someone, it may as well be the most successful men's player of all time. Um, and you feel like the Australian Open crowd was really warming to him, especially the way he sort of conducted that post-match interview, joking about his age, being twice as old as Prismich. And for those of us getting on a bit, Dan, it's, um, you know, you can understand making jokes about it. <laughs> Why not? <laughs> exactly right. Um, geez, one of his old adversaries has got a big challenge at the moment, Daniel Medvedev. So he's taking on a qualifier at Mane from France. He's lost the first set 7-5. That's a big watch at the moment because there were high hopes for many, I think, not necessarily from a, a sentimental point of view because Medvedev is not necessarily a fan favourite, but I think a lot of people thought that he was a serious threat to the likes of Djokovic, Sinner, Alcaraz and others at this Australian Open, but he's lost that first set to a qualifier. He's got a big challenge from here. No, he definitely has. I think you mentioned the right names. When it comes to who can beat Novak Djokovic, I think the first person is himself, right? We know he had a bit of a risk problem coming into this, and at his best, you still feel, even at the age of 36, um, the title is there for his taking. But Carlos Alcaraz, Benny Medvedev, Yannick Sinner, the Italian, he made huge strides last year, notably beating Djokovic twice in one day in the Davis Cup semifinals uh, before going on to beat Australia in the final. Uh, and Andre Rublev, who actually was taken to five sets in his opening match yesterday against uh, a Brazilian whose name looks like Thiago Saboth Wild, but it's actually Thiago Sipuch Zuc, 
um, if you're going to say it in proper Brazilian. Um, wonderful to see these kind of names that most people have never heard of, but just taking their, their chance to shine on, on the big court. So, yeah, Medvedev up against it. And there's been some funny results on day two, actually. Um, Marketa Vondrasova, yeah. seventh seed, going out, losing in straight sets to a qualifier as well. So, yeah, definitely keep your eyes out. You can't uh, be complacent at all. The strength and depth in the men's and women's games greater than ever before, really. So the big watch for us is obviously Alex Dimonor takes on Milos Raonic yeah. tonight, uh, the former world number three. So Aussies are obviously enthusiastic in a massive way about Alex Dimonor and what he might be able to achieve at this Australian Open and whether he can take that, that big leap and get past a quarterfinal, which he's achieved once in his career. He's been eliminated in the fourth round in the last two Aussie Opens. Can he claim that big scalp under pressure, big stage, maybe over five sets against a a sinner or someone of that ilk later on in the tournament. I'm keen to know your thoughts as someone who's not necessarily a dyed-in-the-wool Aussie, of course, from the outside who watches a lot of tennis and has taken in these tournaments. What are your expectations of Alex Diminor? Because that's interesting for the listeners, that different perspective. I've been really impressed by him. Um, and it's funny that his mentor and coach, is, is he and Leighton Hewitt are such a close relationship because his game is so similar to Leighton's. And I remember when Leighton Hewitt came and kind of filled that gap between the Sampras era and then the Federer and Adal Djokovic era we've been so lucky to see over the last decade and a half or more. And Hewitt just was a master at making the most of his talents. And Demonor does exactly the same thing. Such a busy player, um, always someone that you feel is going to have the confidence that he has worked harder in practice than the person he's facing on the other side of the net. And I've loved the way he's conducted himself this week. He's never had the spotlight on him quite as much as he has had this week based on his results. So it's not just kind of one-eyed patriotism from the Aussie tennis public. Um, He has beaten all these top 10 players, including Djokovic in the run-up to this, got into the top 10 in the rankings. He's never done that before. And I feel like he's coping with it really well. I like the humility he's had in the press conferences and the interviews he's had in all the days leading up to it, saying, He's out to prove people wrong. There's no pressure for him. He's done it his whole life and written off as being too small, not hitting the ball more powerfully enough. So I don't think that's going to phase him at all. Clearly, when you get down to the quarterfinals, semifinals, the Grand Slam, especially on home soil, when you've grown up watching this event, dreaming of lifting the trophy, it's going to hit differently. But he's got enough experience under his belt now to know what that feels like um, in all the kind of major tournaments he's played in. So I don't tip him to win, but I think there's no reason why he can't get past the last eight for the first time. He's just such an interesting tennis player because you, you look at someone like a Nick Kyrgios and we all know about Kyrgios's attributes and you just think, well, if he gets his body right and he gets his mind right, he's got the serve to beat anyone. He's got the forehand to beat anyone on his day. Those two uh, prefaces were obviously, obviously big question marks with Nick Kyrgios, but when he has got it right in the past, you know he's got the talent. With Diminor, it's a little bit different. I think unless you watch his game really closely or understand every aspect of his game, it's hard to know where that dramatic improvement is going to come from, apart from a bit more experience, a bit more confidence, because he is a different style of player. He's more of a workhorse on the tennis court. So that's that's the intriguing thing, isn't it? You know, okay, he's had a good lead in form, but where's that big jump in terms of the actual mechanics of his game? Yeah, and you're absolutely right. He's not got a major weapon. Um, but he's just developing his consistency across his game. And that's a very modern approach. And you can argue that that's what has made Djokovic the player he is, that 
Federer was famous for his flowing backhand. Rafa Nadal, that incredible topspin forehand. They had other ways to win as well, drop shots, angles. Djokovic has just been the champion of thumping the ball as hard as he can from the baseline. <laughs> yes, there's more subtlety to it than that. But you see this next generation coming through. But at the very least in their game, they have to hit hard from the back of the court. Demonor can do that. Um, and he just is trying to make every aspect of his game get to the point where he has no weaknesses. And I think the consistency needed at the highest level, when men's tennis in particular has such strength and depth, is not to be underestimated. But I love that how his character and the mental side is, com- is com- separate the sort of top 20 from the top 50 to 100. Um, seems to be so clicked and so in gear um, mm. that he's just so unfazed by it all. And I think that will stand him in really good stead. On the women's side of things, a win for Storm Hunter, the Aussie who qualified, beating Sarah Arani of Italy 6-4-6-3. A Taylor Preston, a wildcard selection into the main draw, beaten by Alina Svitolina, the 19th seed, 6-2-6-2. Coco Goff has absolutely smashed Schmidlova, 6-3-6 love. Sabalenka won 6-love, six 6-1 six to get through uh, last night without a worry. Wondra Sova, though, the number seven seed out. 6-1-6-2 she was beaten uh, by a qualifier. That's the big story on the women's side of things early on. Um, what do you make of the women's draw? Sabalenka made a bit of a statement last night, didn't she? She did, and she got to the final in Brisbane too. as looking very, very strong. Um, I think, again, it's similar to the men's. There's probably only a handful of serious winners. Her, obviously, Iga Zwontek, who's never got past the semi-finals at Australian Open, but has won the French three times and won the US Open back in 2022, has been number one for a good 18 months or so in the women's game. Uh, I think you put Rubikin are up there. Coco Goff, as you just mentioned. Jessica Pagula, the other American, as serious title contenders. And then just below that, the likes of Ons Jabur, uh, Maria Sakkari, Yelena Osipenko is starting to show some of her best form again. They're also in the mix. So, I mean, when you compare the men's and women's games, the big gulf is really just this. We've had this dominant era of Djokovic, Federer, Nadal, and then below that kind of Murray, Fabrinka. So you've had four different men's champions at the Aussie Open since 2005 when Marat Safin won. Whereas in the women's game since 2005 when Serena won the second of her Australian Open titles, you've had 12 different women's champions. So mm. it's a huge goal. Yeah. But suddenly maybe you're seeing this kind of core group of, of women's players um, that can really challenge. And I think it will get very, very interesting uh, in that second week in the women's singles. Just quickly to finish, Alex, uh, before we have to go to a break, uh, golf last night was really exciting to watch. The Dubai Classic, uh, Rory McIlroy and Tommy Fleetwood were going at it in a massive way. They came down the 18th. McIlroy hooks his ball into the water. Bogey's the last. Fleetwood birdies it and wins the tournament. It was um, crazy scenes, really, but great watching. Yeah, a massive turnaround on the last. And Rory also missed. Uh, he three-putted from about two foot uh, three or four holes earlier. So you could see the rust in his game, his first tournament of 2024, some gorgeous Roy McIlroy touches in between that, though. And great news to Tommy Fleetwood, who hasn't won a title since 2022. He's been working so hard on yeah. this game recently. It's been all over golf social media. And nice to see the camaraderie between the two of them. Big hugs on the 18th. Roy actually <laughs> really pleased for his mate, but he got a title in the bag. Alex Thomas, uh, sports journalist here in Australia, uh, done some great things with CNN over the journey. Thanks so much for joining us on SCN Afternoons. My pleasure. Enjoyed it. Thanks, Alex. Alex Thomas there, great to have him join us on the program. We are keeping you updated with all things Australian Open tennis throughout the afternoon. Plenty more coming up after the break. Don't go away.